Uh, Lord God, uh, this is your day. And um, we know just from reading your word and from living in this world that uh, there is lots and lots of things that, that grab our attention, that cause anxiety. Uh, we trust that this moment, at this time, we're here to worship you and to hear your word for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've come to a place in my life um, where when someone greets me and says, how are you doing? And it's more than just like a post office visit and, and I'll walk by and say, well, I'm fine. How are you doing? I keep moving. Um, if we got the time, this is my response. How far out do you want to go? Life can be really, really good and thriving from one angle, yet it can be really difficult from another. Amen? Um, one relationship or friendship can just be flourishing while another relationship is barely staying afloat because of leaks and cracks and the imbalance that relationships often have. Mental health can be good. Um, while physical health can be in decline. Uh, physical health can be good. This gentleman was very fit, but he's got serious mental struggles. Um, do I need to say more about this and that? Um, let me one more setup. Ruth and I are in a book club. We have been most of our married life. Uh, her desire and the fruit is just amazing for me. But we read lots of stuff. And um, as the Lord would have it, we're reading a book right now, just started it. And on the back cover, here's this quote. Janie saw her life like a great tree and leaf with the things suffered and things enjoyed, things done and undone, dawn and doom were in her branches. Isn't that powerful? We were talking about this with our last little point here with our oldest child, and we mentioned the book. I'm not going to tell you the name now because you'll be looking it up and thinking about it. Um, ask me after church. Um, but my, talking to my oldest child about this, and we mentioned the book, and she immediately said, you hadn't read that yet? So I read it in high school. Um, it was written in 1937. And some quarter of a century lady, later, um, the writer became very popular in her genre, um, literary genre. So here, here's my takeaway. Not for you to read the book and join our book club, but this is it. All of us uh, are never too old for God to speak a fresh word into our life. A word that has already been deeply rooted in many others, in generations that went before us, yet perhaps a new seed um, that is planted in our garden, waiting to be watered and nourished, that when it bears fruit, um, it will produce beautiful fruit, even maybe after our death. Um, when the word of God burst forth, it often brings renewal and hope humility and power. Um, thus, a word is eternally true. Let me say that again. It is eternally true and life-giving for every generation. Now, I pray this morning that as we reflect on our text for the day that we hear either a word affirmed, 
that's something that's already been planted and growing in your life, or perhaps um, a new word for the first time that God wants to bring fruit in. Um, so those of you who know me know that I would love to spend all my time in Acts. I, I love the beginning. This is this is a Sunday after the ascension. For those of you that just, that just doesn't mean anything to, uh, what we learn in Acts is for 40 days after his resurrection, that's what it said in the reading, Jesus appeared to many, that he talked to them and he ascended to the Father after telling them to go to Jerusalem for the promise of the Spirit. That was our reading today at Brook Red. That happened 10 days later. We know that because the Spirit came on the Feast of Pentecost, which was 50 days after Passover. All right? So we in the church... Every year as we retell this narrative of God's saving work, on Thursday, we celebrate Ascension, and then 10 days later, we celebrate Pentecost. That's next Sunday, announcement, parish picnic, want to wear red or yellow for flames, wear red and yellow, parish picnic. Um, just that was an announcement, all right? So where I was led because of the events of our common life to John 17. If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and, and open up there. Hear what I'm saying. It's never too old for God to speak a fresh word. So, um, starting verse 1, it says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. And I think the most important question to ask is, what words? When Jesus, you know, this was not written with chapter and verse. So here we are in the lectionary just pulling out right here at chapter 17. What words did he speak? Truth or matter, if Mark has said this before in his biblical wisdom, what precedes chapter 17? Chapter 16, chapter 15, chapter 14. 14 through 16 are the final discourse which John records. It is an amazing text. Lots of teaching about the Holy Spirit. Lots of good fare opens up with chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me, also in me and my father. And it goes on. Read it. I'm not going to do that today. But no, these words that he had spoken, he lifts up his eyes to heaven. I want to pick up the last verse of chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. In me, you'll have peace. In the world, tribulation. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Any applications for us in our nation? In our world, peace in Christ, tribulation in the world. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Amen. So um, last week in Taylor's message, if you were at the 10 o'clock service, my guess is you are a little distracted. You were hard to hear. Mother's Day, senior graduation, um, last I am statement, chapter 15 of John, I am the vine. Um, I was able to hear it at 8, I was, so I was not distracted at 8. Um, this is what he basically said. I'm the vine, said this to the mothers, to the students. You are the branches, abide in me. 
Let me put it in this text. Um, In me, you'll find peace away from the vine, tribulation, take heart, get connected to the vine. I've overcome the world. Um, Peace is found in being attached to the vine. If we seek nourishment from any other source, it might produce something. It might feed us, but it will not produce the fruit that will help us overcome the tribulation of the world. I believe that. I believe that's what the word says. So we continue in John 17. Jesus lifts up his eyes and prays what is followed after he said these things, the high priestly prayer. It's an amazing prayer. In your Bibles, if you've got a red letter, it's all red. Um, John records this is his Gethsemane event, if you will. This is when Jesus went to Gethsemane and the other gospels. He wrestled with the Lord and said, not my will, but thine be done. This is what John says. It's called the high priestly prayer. And I just want to stop for a second. Immediately being a priest and being the, having the gift of being able to stand behind the table and lead us in the, in the celebration of communion, the words right after we say, By his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. Follow me here. I'm going to tell you where it is in your program. This is really important. Page 10, the top of page 10. Then it says, as our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace in the midst of tribulation because we can take heart that he has overcome the world. Amen? Amen. So peace is found in no other. So anyway, Jesus goes on um, and he prays his prayer. And what struck me, and this is why I kind of gave those opening uh, examples, what struck me is that this was not a one and done prayer. It's not the prayer that Ruth and I always pray when we get in our car to go travel to see someone. Lord, give us protection, travel mercies. It's not the prayer that we prayed last week for our teachers and our students who are figuring, finishing their school year and going into the summer. This is not a one and done prayer, this high priestly prayer. This prayer is eternal. And if Jesus has ascended to the right hand, and in Romans 8 it says he is interceding for us now, then what is he interceding for us? If not the high priestly prayer. If not for this moment. It's eternal, and I believe it's effectual. And what I mean by that is it has an effect right now with us, and every generation the same thing is true. It's an effectual prayer. It wasn't a one-and-done prayer. So um, it's worth reading. My heart for us is that we'll believe it's important to dive into the Word so that we can face these things together, whatever it is. The loss of a child, a marriage that dissolves, a community that's in turmoil, an election year that just brings disunity among people who love each other and care for each other. This event which might bring up a lot of issues, a lot of issues it could bring up about guns and things like that. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Dive into the word because the word is eternal. Amen? So Jesus goes on and ascends to the Father, if you will, and he starts praying these prayers. And as our great high priest, we have 
confidence before this throne of grace. So what I'd like to do is just pull out just a few things from John 17, just to kind of make the point here. I'll start with down in verse four. I glorified you on earth. He's praying this to the father, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Jesus accomplished the work. That's it. What did he accomplish? He died for us. He rose for us. He ascended for us. He overcame death in the grave, trampled hell and Satan under his feet. He ascended. He sent the promised Holy Spirit. We're, these things are what he accomplished for us. And then I want to jump over to verse 8. Um, verse 8, not 6. My eyes. So, for I have given them the words that you gave me. He's given us the words that he gave me, he says. And then he goes on and said, and they've received them and have come to know the truth. Isn't that amazing? And then jumping down to um, verse, second half of verse 11. Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me that they may be one even as we are one. What an amazing prayer he's praying for us. That they may be one even as we are one. Just a couple of more down in verse 20. I do not ask these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So that's us. Um, that they may be all, all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Isn't that amazing? That's an eternal word. Not one and done. For every generation. My daughter, she says, you know, she was 17 when she first read that book. I'm 66 when I first read the book. That word spoke to her so many years ago, speaking to me now. This word written spoke to them, speaks to us and every generation. Jesus ascended and is interceding for his world. So um, let me just say a couple of more things. Um, Romans 8, 36. Dan, would you look that up for me? You got your Bible handy right there? I didn't call on you, Mark. <laughs> I just, it's just so much all week long. So I, I, this is a little side. It's not in my notes. I was over at a really an amazing strategic planning session. Strategic planning session with a bishop. It sounds horrible. It was, it was phenomenal. But the reality was, Soon as I got out of the session, I was talking with Mark and Gabe and Taylor and other leaders of the church, trying to figure out how we can move forward to bring about confidence and safety for our church. I was unable to pack it. But when I did, I just read scripture. Here's one that popped up. Read verse 36, Dan. Stand up and read it, Deacon. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Roman 8. Roman 8. Did yep, I say? You want 38? Earlier, that intercedes for us. Did I say 36? Yeah, you said 36. Yeah. Do you want 38? I read it, but I didn't memorize it. <laughs> for I am convinced. There you go. 38. 38. 38. Thank you. For I am. I was a little taken off by that verse. I think. <laughs> For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, not depth, not anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you so much. Yeah, I should have read it like I did at the earlier service. 
Um, who shall separate us from the love of God, as he wrote um, back up in 34, Christ Jesus, who is at the right hand of God, interceding for us eternally. Amen. Thank you, Dan. And, and then, you know, we go to Peter today. I mean, I know last week as our reader was reading from, from Peter, it was just very emotional in the midst of us not knowing what was going on. But listen today, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But in me, you have peace in the world, tribulation. And then Peter goes on and writes, but rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's suffering. For I've overcome the world, if I, if I don't mind me placing that over that text. We're never too old or young, too wise, too uninformed for God not to step in and bring us his peace, no matter the circumstances. Um, so I want to close briefly with Acts 1, um, and I want to focus in on that second part of it. Yes, it's the promise. This is the promise of the Father. But what Jesus says here is that you will receive power. And that, that's an authority. That word there is not just like, it's not power, it's authority. It's it's. It's ownership of everything that, that Jesus has given us. And he says this, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Mark, tell the congregation what the word witness is. It's martyr there. That's not a real hopeful word, but, <laughs> but my point, we witness by bearing Christ no matter whether we're ridiculed for it in any and every circumstances. That's what we're called to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, what else? Power to embrace and read the word. Power to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Power to respond to what God is doing rather than react. Uh, power to trust the promises of God. Power to believe that, that we can gathered together as a body, and that this is his purpose for the world. We can learn from one another, not just from our own stuff. We can challenge one another um, and be made better and better for his kingdom's purposes. Amen. Amen. Amen.